back with uh, episode three on the light heavyweights uh, season. Special edition here. I try to do it for. I'm going to try to do this for all the podcasts, but uh, I got Austin Mar with me, and uh, we're just going to talk about light heavyweights. Anything like current, present, uh, just past. Uh, how's it going, Austin? Good, man. Pretty good, man. Thanks for joining me today on uh, the light heavyweight season. Anytime. So, uh, what is your uh, like fond memory of like the light heavyweights? You know, we all have that special moment that uh, you know it's either John Jones or Randy versus Chuck. You know, those type of fights. Like, what what does the light heavyweights division mean to you? Well, I think I would have to say in part because of my age, because you know I was born in '96. So when John was like really hitting his peak, you know, I was 12 or 13 years old, and this is when I was really getting into MMA. So, like, seeing him just tear through the light heavyweight division, it was something to see because, like, of course, I watched all the old DVDs and stuff like that with Chuck and the Tito days and Shogun and all that, Rampage. But, like, seeing this young guy, you know, basically just walk straight through the division and take out all these legends, you know, without pretty much any kind of resistance, it was something to see for me. Yeah, for John Jones to just burst on the scene the way he did, you never, like, you knew there was something special with him, but... You didn't really know until he got in there with Shogun. Uh, like, I was a die, diehard Pride fan. Uh, I love Shogun. And I'm like, okay, Shogun is going to, you know, be the first guy to show this kid what's really, like, what what fighting really is, right? And, and like, because he was coming off that Machida win, like, the dominant, like, he was, he, Shogun was showing something again, right? Like, after that Forrest Griffin fight, it seemed like he took that, um, took it very serious at that stage. So for John Jones to just run through Shogun and capture that belt, it's like, okay, this this guy's good. We we are witnessing something special, and he he's gonna be something great. Right. And to me, like one of my fondest memories, I remember watching the pay per view with uh, John Jones and Machida, and that guillotine. He walked in, and just the way Machida fell, you know, I was like, oh my god, this guy is special. Like he's he's doing this to absolute legends of the sport, and you know, Machida and Shogun and. Rampage Rashad when he was fighting them, you know, they were a little past their prime, but they were still peak fighters, you know, they were still top of the food chain and he was just walking right through them. Yeah. hundred percent. Like those guys are still, no matter the age, uh, they're still pretty dangerous fighters. Like look at Shogun nowadays. He's still, he's still competing, not as, you know, like vicious as he once was, but he's still in there with like Paul Craig and he beat Tyson mm-hmm. Pedro and like, he's, you know, it, it's crazy how these guys just have that warrior mentality, and John Jones just made like Shogun and like like you said, all those other guys like they didn't really stand a chance. But and to me too, uh, Rich Franklin's always been one of my favorite fighters. And like you know, after he failed Anderson Silva twice, you know he made the decision to move up to two hundred five and compete there. You know, he had some success for a little while. Uh, but I'll, you know, so seeing one of my favorite fighters move up to a new division right as soon as I'm really getting heavy into the sport, that really, you know, helped feed into the light heavyweight division. Uh, with Rich, who did he he went up and fought? Like, who was his first light heavyweight fight? Well, let's see here. Because I know he fought Chuck, but I wasn't sure if that was the the first one or not. Because like like you said, with uh, uh, Rich Franklin, I, you never I don't consider him as a light heavyweight just based on right. Uh, what he did in the middleweight, so it, it's hard for me to remember what he did in that division. It seemed like you said after the the uh, Anderson Silva stuff or fights, 
to me, he just fell off. He wasn't the same. Well, I think I think it was the turning of the tide too. It was the more like you know, Rich, because everyone considered Rich when he came into the sport. Like even Joe Rogan quoted a million times, like this is the first like well-rounded, complete mixed martial artist type fighter. It's like you know, he's got a wrestling base. He's got a uh, strong striking. He's got power in his hands. You know, had some jujitsu background. So he was one of those like complete guys that we see almost every day now. So and then after that, after Rich's reign, you know, for a little while, then we saw Anderson Silva. You know, and the you know like in all sports, the peak always keeps rising. You know, as the sport ages. Do you feel like saying that uh, Rich was like one of your favorite fighters? Do you feel that he knew mentally that he couldn't get that title back at uh, middleweight, so he tried to chase the light heavyweight gold? The same thing with like Chell Sonnen. You know, when Chell lost to Anderson in the second fight, he knew like I'm not I'm not winning this title while Silva's still here, so Well it's a weird mentality that you know, like if you're not gonna win it in the middleweight division, like a division lower, uh why like why do they think that the light heavyweight who basically is breeding uh, guys that don't want to go up to heavyweight, you know, like I wonder how big right. John Jones John Jones is on fight night. Like look at T Ortiz. Uh, he was huge for that division. He always made the like big cuts. Uh, Chuck was pr- fairly big. There was a lot of big like guys that didn't want to go that next step because they didn't have like the height or whatever. So I wonder why like Rich and Chael would think that they could. Maybe it, it could have something to do with the speed, you know. But I don't. I think that the bigger weight classes you get, the speed really won't matter that much. Especially like like the only. The only one that I can really think of where, like, in the bigger weight classes that speed's going to really matter is, like, Izzy moving up to light heavyweight because he's known for his counter-striking, his precision, speed, and John Jones, the heavyweight. But, like, we're talking about two World Cup, you know, world-class athletes. Oh, 100%. And, like, they – sure, speed is always there, but the power does not go away. Like, they're not – just because oh, you're no. faster than them, you're going to get clipped, and like, just as fast and even no. harder. Uh, his first light heavyweight fight was Matt Hamill. Oh, okay. For the middleweight. Yeah. And I think I should add, too, a lot of Rich's fights were catchweight fights. A lot of them were like 195, 190, even after he moved up, you know, moved past middleweight. So he wasn't really a mainstay in the light heavyweight division, but he was kind of like that in-between guy. But just seeing one of my favorite fighters go up to light heavyweight, that made me bring more, even more eyes to light heavyweight. Just seeing, you know, my favorite, one of my first favorite fighters lose to Silva, and then he's like, all right, well, I got to do something else. You're going to follow him. So that always had me thinking about a possible Rich Franklin versus John Jones fight, even though I was like, that's not going to end well for Rich. Yeah, there was a lot of killers in that day and age. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure Vitor was there. Um, mm-hmm. What was it? Like, so that, like. He, even lost, he lost to Vitor, too. Rich did. Yeah, see, that's a. When was that? That was like in a. That was a foreign fight, too, right? Or no, it was. It was who, where did he fight? I can't remember. Ireland or it was, I'm pretty sure it was, uh, Vanderlei or something like he fought him in like Germany or like England, yeah, he, Ireland. They had a war. I think it was in Brazil. I think pretty sure it was in Brazil. That was a good fight. I don't like, yeah. he was, there was one fight. I remember staying up super late to watch and I was like, I can't believe I'm watching this so late. It might've been the Chuck one, but I think that was in Canada, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, I'm um, pretty sure that was Vancouver. Because he fought, he fought Vanderlei twice. Once was a three round, and then the last fight was in Brazil, and that was a five rounder. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he fought. Uh, what was it? It, it was in. Um, 
He fought Vanderlei in Germany and Dan Henderson in Ireland. That's what it was. Okay. I had to clear that because I knew he fought. Um, but that was a good fight, the one with Vanderlei. I, I actually really enjoyed that yeah. one. And that wasn't at light heavyweight. That was just like a catchweight, I'm pretty sure. No, no. I think both of them were. See, that's the thing is they – maybe it's an age thing. Uh, the older you and, get, the more weight you can't you can't shed as quickly, so it's easier I, to maybe go up to that heavier weight. And both, like when you think about Rich Franklin and Vanderlei, they're both at the same point in those careers, in their careers. You know, them two, uh, Chuck was past his prime a little bit, but they're relatively around the same time period. And uh, Vitor, Kung Lee, even when, you know, that was Rich Franklin's last fight. Yeah, I kind of felt bad for Chuck in that Rich Franklin fight. Um, Rich Franklin was still, like, on a couple, like, I'm pretty sure he was, like, uh, trying to rejuvenate his career, and he was hungry, so he was still trying to make a name. And Chuck was... Uh, he was not past his, well, I guess we could say he's past his prime, but he was expecting that Tito Ortiz fight. And it just, I don't think as a Tito Ortiz fan, like diehard fan, as I keep bringing up, you know, I always keep bringing it up, but, uh, to defend Chuck. <laughs> well, we're talking about light heavyweight, so I knew you were going to have to bring in Tito <laughs> at some point. <laughs> but like to defend Chuck in that aspect, uh, I didn't think, uh, him taking the Rich Franklin fight was pretty fair for him. Uh, he didn't want to pull out because that was a. Like it didn't make sense, but to it's just one of those weird things that Chuck did in his career that I don't think he thought he uh, Rich Franklin was a threat at that point. Yep, and plus I would say Rich probably has heavier hands than Tito. Yeah, he definitely has crisper mark boxing. I think. Well, I I I don't know. Like I, who knows what would happen with Chuck uh, if he would have got that win over Tito, and maybe he could have. Because, but at that point when you're fighting the second or third time, uh, like making these like legend fights at, like in the UFC. It's just yeah. not really the same. Well, I definitely would have liked to see Chuck and Tito instead of Chuck and Rich. That, that would have made more, more sense than what we got Chuck and Tito, you know? Well, especially what, with the ultimate fighter, right? Like the ultimate fighter was going and then Tito got that neck yeah. injury and it kind of just ruined the whole rest of the season. And then it ruined, like, because I think that's why they stopped doing the coaches versus coaches fights. Um, because yeah. if a coach gets injured, the whole season just doesn't make any sense at that point, right? Right, right. Yeah, because they started shifting a lot towards the. Uh, I mean, they still mixed it. They kind of mixed it up. Like you had the Connor Uriah type stuff, and then you had, but you also had like Chael and John Jones in their season, so. Yeah, this kind of went back and forth. Well, and they did, but Brock. then you had like the Chael and Vanderlei, and it all fell through. Yeah, Brock oh. and uh, Dos Santos. That I wanted to see that fight. That would have been a good fight. I know we're light talking about light heavyweights, but Brock uh, in his prime versus Junior Dos Santos would have been a pretty good main event. Yeah, JDS probably would have got him though. Yeah, um, but damn, that's a good dream like fight. We'll never see yeah. either. We'll never see that fight. Uh, is there any like prospects you see that are rising up in the light heavyweight division that uh, you have your eye on? Uh, probably uh, Rockage. His last fight with Smith, right, Anthony Smith, and you know it wasn't what we were used to seeing from uh, Rockage, but because you know he had that crazy knockout over Jimmy Manoa, but uh, he he fought a smart fight, you know he and he showed new things like he showed he can grapple, he showed he can wrestle. Defense submissions and all that, but he's definitely got to step up his uh, cardio. 
Yeah, it was like five days ago. I guess he's fighting. Uh, yeah, Santos. Yeah, two hundred Santos. Two fifty nine. A big fight. That's a huge card. Just with that fight. Yeah, that's that, the, yeah, that's the fucking three title fight. Jesus, that is crazy, man. <laughs> that card is it's so stacked. Dominic Cruz is on the prelims. <laughs> yeah, which and he's but I guess they gave him the main event spot, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And against Casey Kenny, that's um, that's going to be a good start to get into like the main event. I miss those days where like yeah. the the prelim main event just is so great that you're ready for the main event card. It's not like oh, I can just miss the prelims and you know. I try not to anymore. Like I used to, uh, you know, try to catch as much as I can. Nowadays, like writing with Cage uh, Press, I'm trying to catch everything, trying to keep up with it. Right. Um, but it's, uh, it's hard nowadays with so many fights. Like you go to work and you come home and there's like 17 fights that have been announced. It's like, whoa, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you got to do this thing full time, like to be keeping up oh. on it. Yeah. Which I like those early ones. Um, I didn't mind those Abu Dhabi ones when they were pretty early. Cause then you'd still have your rest yeah. of your Saturday night. I agree. And it was nice to give it like a kind of a break to all like the European fans. Always staying up super late. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. To be honest, I wish I wish more UFC fights would be, you know, main card started like six p.m. my time. That'd be awesome. I could see if they did like week uh, during the week. That would be pretty cool. Like maybe like a Wednesday card. I miss those Wednesday night cards. Those were always a good breakup of the week. Yeah, yeah. You always had something to look forward to. Um, so I brought this up in the last episode. Um, what are your thoughts on? Dominic Reyes versus Paul Craig. Oh. Like, I know it's a random right. fight, but I was looking at the rankings, and yeah. just what Paul Craig's done and, like, his style against Dominic Reyes. I know it would be – it just – I've like, since the last episode, that's all I've been thinking about is that fight, and I, I just want to get other opinions on it. You know, it's it's an interesting fight. I know Reyes would have to go backwards, and but, hey, if someone pulled out of the fight and Paul Craig stepped up, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that one. I wouldn't mind seeing it because it, it'd be awesome to see Paul Craig really get a top contender. Uh, but I just don't see Paul Craig winning that one. I Yeah. I, just, I, don't, I don't see him because his only chance is to get him down and look for a submission and he's going to get clipped. I just – I don't know why I find that fight so, like, I guess intriguing, you know. It's just – it's one of those fights that just stands up. And I was looking for – like just trying to play matchmaker there, but uh, that's the one fight that yeah. came to me. We're just looking at the whole rankings, and that's the only one that I was like, those two guys would be exciting for me. I, I would watch that. Yeah, as well. it, it would definitely be an exciting fight because Paul Craig, he's always looking for the finish, and you know Dominic Reyes has got phenomenal striking. Uh, you know if if Paul Craig could pull him down, he could put Dominic Reyes in trouble. You know Paul Craig's like the ultimate, probably like the ultimate underdog in that light heavyweight. Top 15. Yeah, even uh, if he, all it needs, all uh, Dominic needs to do is take one slip and then Craig catches him. Because I could see that being like a fight night main event too. Yeah. So yeah. like the octagon Especially, will be wet yeah. and slippery and all it takes is one slip. It's crazy. Yeah. I found with like fighting too, with like that, it's, you can't really, as soon as the, the one fighter falls or slips and the other guy capitalizes on it and gets a win, to me, that's like, we don't really know at that point, you know? Sure, he got the submission, sure, he got the ground and pound, but 
You know, it, it's not something the fighter did wrong. It was the environment he was in that kind of screwed him out of the fight, really. Right. right. Well, you think about, like, uh, Masvidal versus Ellenberger. Wasn't that Masvidal and Ellenberger when he got his toe stuck in the cage or whatever? Yep. And, and it was a loss for him. Like, damn, the dude couldn't even do anything. He got his toe stuck in the cage. That's the one thing that, yeah, like, it's, nobody really thinks about that stuff either. It's, uh, there's so many unknowns we haven't even experienced. Like, look at that one fight where Buddy lost his uh, mouth guard and it went, like, under the octagon. All it takes is one crazy instance like that to just change the way we look at fights. Like, I even yeah. saw, a, I saw this one post on Twitter. I I don't know if it was, like, a troll or something like that, but he uh, was saying that Usman slipped when Burns caught him. But I'm like, no, he did not. No, I don't think Burn, Burns connected, and if he slipped, it was because he was wobbled. Well, the, the first one, the first knockdown, well, semi-knockdown, I guess you could call it, that when Gilbert really stunned him in the first round, that was definitely, like, from the punch. But I think there was a point in the fight where Kamala did slip. I think it was, like, the second round, some he, point in the second round. Yeah, it was just the, it was, it was just that initial first round punch from Burns that they were saying it was a slip, but I was like... Yeah, no, he wasn't a slip at all. I watched it a couple he times. Got, he got jarred. But yeah, so do you have a favorite fight in the light heavyweight division, or uh, like playing matchmaker, or yeah, like or even past fight, like past fight, or even matchmaker? Yeah, like sure, like throw it out there. See, I got Dominic Reyes and Paul uh, Craig. Let me think for a second. Favorite past fight light heavyweight. The uh, I know the Tiago Santos and what Jimmy Manuel. That fight was bonkers. That's a more recent one. But that fight was bonkers. That happened about, what, two years ago? Two or three? Yeah. Something like that. I was in that building when that happened, too. It was in Toronto. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. What pay-per-view was that? That was... was Holloway. uh, Yeah, Holloway, Ortega. Ortega. Yeah. Yeah. That was a crazy card, too. It was uh, two title fights. Valentina won one decision. What about um, Ryan Spain in light heavyweight division? Has he got anything coming up? Um, I'm pretty interested in him. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, He... He was starting to come up there for a bit, and then he took a loss uh, recently, I'm pretty sure. And then um, I'm not sure if he's got a fight. Yeah, he's fight. got Johnny. No, this was – yeah, his, this is fight against Johnny Walker. That Yeah, that's oh. the one that kind of derailed his hype train. You know, like I couldn't believe Walker beat him, though. That, like, I fully thought after yeah. Walker's – like he had a few losses, like two T- – like he had a TKO loss. And then Krylov beat him. I thought he was starting to fall off there, but he came back and beat Span, which is good. It's ultimately good for the division. Nobody wants to see, like, yeah, Johnny Walker was building up some crazy hype that was a little overrated, but you don't want to see the guy just fade away. You know, that's that's how we strengthen the division. Yeah, you know, like, guys t- taking a loss or two and then coming back and knocking three or four more guys out, being like, look, I'm still here. You know, I'm not going to get derailed off of a couple knockdowns. See, that's a great way of thinking about it is building division. A lot of people think, oh, this guy's a hype, you know, train. He's did this and that. But, hey, that gets some eyes on that division. That creates contenders. Uh, look at the light heavyweight division right now. It's kind of it, – it's strong, but it's not as strong as it when it was with, like, Chuck, Tito, Randy, uh, Vitor, you know. This could ultimately be one of the biggest periods of light heavyweight. You know, because it was considered a little weak there for a minute when John Jones was tearing through everybody. But uh, if you think about it now, I'm an Izzy fan, and Izzy's moving up to light heavyweight to face Jan. Uh, that's a dangerous fight for Izzy, but it would really help the light heavyweight division if Jan, 
you know, just starched Izzy. It would really build that, okay, you know, Jan's a killer, and we've got so many fights we can see Jan against some of these guys. So it's going to build some some hype for that light heavyweight division. Now, if Izzy just goes up to light heavyweight, does to Jan what he does to pretty much everybody else, and then I don't know if Izzy's going to stay at light heavyweight. I don't think he is. I think he's probably going to try to chase John Jones. That would be pretty cool to see, but at the same time, that'll screw up the division real hard. Right. Uh, because yep. you got Glover, who's waiting. He's just waiting for a title shot. And if, if Jan does win, that like you said, it, it creates something special with that division. But at the same time, Adesanya, he could just change up that whole division, and then we're back at square one in uh, like a weaker division. Right. Look, let's think about like all the champ champ opportunities. How many times has like the champion moving up to become a champ champ or moving down per se? didn't succeed. The only one I can really think off the top of my head was Dillashaw and Cejudo, but it doesn't happen that often. Yeah, it's uh, Connor did it. DC, DC did, did it. it. Who, there was uh, Nunez did it. Yeah. And Cejudo, he accomplished it when he moved back up. So, so you know, it's not often you see, like, which we've ne- we haven't seen that many champ champ fights, obviously, but it's not often you see the, the, the defending champion retain his title and then force that guy that moved up, he had to go back to his weight class. And the only other time we saw it was TJ, and we didn't get to see TJ move back up to his weight class, his normal weight class, and defend his title because, you know, he got suspended and violated. Uh, you saw the stuff, so. Yeah, I really, I don't know, man. Like, I love the light heavyweight division. It's definitely my favorite, but now I'm just looking at totally different. Because Adesanya, he is a great fighter. Like, he is one yep. of the best. And he could just destroy a whole division. I'm just looking at it right now, and it's just you got Glover, and like you feel bad. Like, who does does Adesanya defend, or does he vacate and go for the heavyweight? I don't think he. I don't see him defending. I don't. I don't even see him wanting to go back down to middleweight, really, because I mean Dana talked about it a couple months ago about how Adesanya told him about his plan that he's got envisioned for his career, what he wants to do, and he said it was a good plan, but like. And it's something that's unique uh, to Adesanya. So, I mean, I just don't see him, you know, going up to like heavyweight winning and then being like, yeah, I'm going to go back down middleweight defend and then go back up to like heavyweight defend. I just see him probably going for that John Jones fight. Well, if John Jones gets that heavyweight title, you know he's going to 100% go for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if if Francis or whoever wins between Francis and Stipe and if John beats that winner, yeah, Izzy's definitely looking for that, because Izzy's going to think, I could be the first ever three-weight class champion. See, I wish they would wait for these fight, and, you know, like, do it how, uh, so Adesanya's doing it at the perfect time with the light heavyweight, because the division's not really as strong, you know, like, the money fight is for sure uh, Jan and Israel. Like, Glover is the rightful contender in that division, but still, the money fight is that. Um, But, the like the heavyweight division is probably the best it's been in a while with like Stipe, Francis, Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis, um, Volkov. Like there is so many, um, mm-hmm. so many top contenders, and then they just want to throw John Jones in there. They want to throw Adesanya in there. Like it's just so weird how they do that with some of the visions. And it's really hard because like I know there's all kinds of negotiating backstage we don't hear about, and you know like. If Dana or any of the matchmakers approached John and was like, well, we feel that you need to fight, you know, a top five guy headway before getting a title fight. And, you know, John's just going to be like, 
you know, I'm considered one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. I shouldn't have to fight for anything, you know? Yeah, he's unique. Um, he definitely, um, I don't feel, um, what is it? I don't feel bad that he, if he even got the title shot, I would watch that and I wouldn't say anything because he has earned it. He's defended right. his title so much, cleared out a division. Rightfully so, he shouldn't have to fight another person. He should get that main event. Like, I, I thought he was going to get it before uh, Francis. But I think it's it's a win-win for UFC because Francis deserves the second fight against Stipe. And if Stipe wins and beats Francis again, he's really cemented his legacy as, you know, probably the greatest heavyweight of all time in MMA. So then you have John Jones, the greatest light heavyweight, and considered pound for pound what you know, number one or number two greatest all time versus the greatest heavyweight of all time. But then if Steve Pay loses, then we see Francis ascension finally at the mountaintop. You know, he's been talking about his whole career and you've got freaking Francis and Ghani versus John Jones, which is fireworks, you know. I like that fight. Um I don't know, maybe it's I'm just not a fan of Stipe. Um I respect what he does, but he's beaten guys that I've wanted to see win the title. Like I wanted to see Dos Santos beat him. I want to see a bunch of guys beat him, but... Overeem. A lot of people wanted Overeem to win. I've never been an over, Overeem fan. Uh, I was... I don't know. Maybe it was just the early... Because you know he was on something. And, like, that's my right. opinion. I, it's not confirmed or denied, but I just felt he was not natural. Uh, based well, on, he def- I mean, you can see he fought Chuck Liddell, right? In Pride, yeah. And I guarantee and there's a lot of people the, of, the size difference that he gained. Like he gained so much mass. Well, look at him against uh, what was that guy's name? Brett, Brett Rogers. That uh, in Strike Force, Brett Rogers. I remember that name. Yeah, yeah. Like that fight was. He did not look like a normal human being. You know, he just showed up and. <laughs> Maybe when you think about his first UFC fight against Brock Lesnar. I mean, nobody looked like Brock Lesnar. And then this dude's first fight and Brock Lesnar's first fight since losing the title. And you're like, good God, this is freaking Godzilla versus King Kong. See, I never th- – I, I didn't think Brock liked to get hit. Um, oh, no. It was weird. But nobody likes to get hit. No, but there's some honest. guys that can – you know, they'll take it and they'll keep They'll moving. embrace it. Yeah, and with him, it looked like that was a game changer. Like even because I watched uh, the re like the repeat of it because I watched it live when it happened, and then I watched I didn't watch it again because you always know what happened, right? So it's what I, I don't go back on certain fights because they're just so one sided that I don't need to go back and like because I know what happened, right? Anyways, um, before the Volkov fight, they were playing it again, and it looked like Brock would just he got clipped and he just wasn't he didn't know what to do. He thought he was better, and sh- like he, I think he thought his size was going to be the, you know, once he couldn't get him down, it was he, it was over. It was over. Yeah. Same way with Kane. He tried to get Kane down, and he couldn't. Kane. Oh, he was a different monster. Do you think we'll ever see Kane back in the UFC? I I don't think so. I mean, it's been so long since his last his last fight was Francis, right? Yeah. Two years ago, and he got rocked. So, oh, yeah, and then he does WWE stand. I don't. I think he's moving on to. I just I just don't think his body can keep up with even trying to do fight camps hard anymore or anything like that. You know how Kane's an animal. He goes 110% no matter what. So that's why he has so many injuries. Yeah, he looked good in, uh, like, wrestling, though. In, like, well, not, like, when he was doing that Lucha 
it wasn't WWE. It was the other one before yeah. he made it. But he looked pretty good in there doing flips, and he looked pretty good. Yeah. Which that's something he can he can take the Brock approach in, you know? Like, only, only wrestle three months out of a whole year, so he reduces so much wear and tear on his body. And you don't have to cut weight or anything like that. But he probably didn't have to cut weight for heavyweight, did he? Uh, Kane? Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure he was just on, like, because he was a smaller... Uh, yeah. Like, even when he looked, like, I, I thought Brock was going to take it uh, when they fought, just based on size alone, uh, if that was going to, but I really like Kane Velasquez, so I, I, I knew he was going to do something special. Are there any uh, more thoughts you have on the light heavy division? Um, no, not really. I mean, you're probably going to hate me for this, but uh, like I said, I think it'd be better for the sport and light heavyweight if um, was to beat Izzy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. No, I 100% agree. Um, after you brought that up, I, I was checking out the rankings there, and it's going like, to – if Adesanya does win, good on him. That's cool. Like, I really like him as a fighter. And, and Adesanya, if Adesanya does win, it's going to bring better business probably for the UFC because they've got this star in Adesanya. So if he becomes a champ champ, that helps boost him to a new level of superstar, and then you can potentially get – him versus John Jones or whatever it is that he wants to do after that, you know, and it's just, it's going to build that aura. But at the same time, if we're talking about really building the depth and uh, hoping the light heavyweight doesn't go through a dark spell, then, you know, you should want Yon to win. Yeah, hundred like, that's that's what I'm saying, man. Like, you got Glover uh, just sitting there waiting, just, and he's not getting any younger. And if a guy like that, he was on um, – like, he's on a streak, you know. He's got momentum behind him. And you can't leave a guy that's an aging fighter just, just waiting. Yeah, because the time to capitalize for him is now. He's, you know, he's got to do it within the next year or two and then be done. I just don't understand why they wouldn't have made the... But I guess that's the day and age we live in, right? Rankings don't yeah. matter. Uh, it's about what fight can make the best for... It's the, it's a business decision at that point. Like, mm-hmm. this, this fight yeah. with Adesanya, that's a business um, decision. And you got to think too, whoever wins between that Santos and uh, Rockets fight on that same card, they'll probably be right there next after Glover. Yeah. Um, but if Santos wins, it, then there we go. We're at a standstill because you know it's going to go Glover, Santos, because Glover, already, like, the way it should Glover go. Yeah. yeah, he already beat him. And then, uh, oh, like Ozdemir, he is, he's sitting there waiting still for something. I think Glover definitely should get whatever's next after light heavyweight after this uh, fight between Yon and Izzy. Glover should be getting the next fight. Regardless if it's Izzy just winning the title and then relinquishing it, then you can make a an interim, or not interim, but a title fight between him and then I guess the winner of Santos versus Rockage, which I'm sure the UFC would probably be hoping Rockage would win because that's a fresh face. Yeah, right. Like Even for the division, you want that fresh, fresh name to come up. Right. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate your time, Austin. Thanks for joining me for episode three and, uh, definitely going to have you back on for the next season. We'll have another collab. Anytime, man. Appreciate I enjoy it. it. Uh, you want to let the listeners know where they can follow you? Uh, yeah, I've got a Twitter account and a Facebook that I post on semi-regularly. Uh, it's Austin Mart MMA. Uh, y'all can check those out if you want, but that's pretty much it. Awesome. Appreciate your time, buddy. All right. Thanks, man. Peace.